a su nombre. Say it loud, say it proud. Gloria. Say it with your chest. Oh my God. ¿Quién vive? Cristo. A su nombre. Gloria. Y su pueblo. Victoria siempre. Amen, brother. How's it going? It's going. <laughs> Bro, these sound checks kill me sometimes. Man, it's 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 a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, man, it is. Shout out to everyone that listens. Thank you for tuning in for another exciting episode of. I'm having a brain fart. Yep. Nameless service. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me right now. <laughs> Last couple episodes. I'm, no, I'm man. I know exactly what it is. And if it's okay with you, I'll yeah. explain what it is. Explain. Explain. My man here. <laughs> my Nick, a.k.a. Father of Two, a.k.a. La Paposa Man, a.k.a. <laughs> early morning time, yeah. is going on vacation. Yeah, I'm on vacation mode. Yes. Yeah, you 100% on vacation That's mode. What That's what it is. Vacation mode. Well, you, we'll use that as an excuse. I wasn't on vacation mode last week, too. Already? Shout out to everybody who heard who heard the slip up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I had a Tell tell them what you just told me though. Yeah, I had a listener who uh messaged me. And she said that she, you know, she was curious so she finally listened in and she heard your slip up <laughs> and she just started dying laughing is what she told me. She really enjoyed it, but the slow slip up she didn't expect, but she can really tell like how like you were so like embarrassed about it and then then she was just hearing me in the background just laughing as well. <laughs> I think uh I think one thing that we should always point out is yes, we are Christian, but we are human beings at the end of the day. <laughs> and we do make mistakes and sometimes there is slip ups. Yeah. Like I said, El Viejo Hombre came out. <laughs> and uh, I know, did once upon a time I was very I was bad at swearing. Very oh, bad. You and me both, man. Yeah, I was really bad, man. I don't because when I learned English because I learned Spanish first, right? And then when I learned English I just learned all the swear words first. Really? Yeah. That's how it always is. Eh? Every and time you learn a lo different language, you always learn the, the cuss words first. Yeah, it makes me laugh. Like, like now that I, I see other people when they talk and they just F-bombs this, F-bombs that, I'm just like, bro, why you got to talk like that? Well, trust me, man. At work, there I have I have coworkers, even my supervisor, too. I'm like, yo, I'm getting you a swear drop. Why? Because the amount of cuss words you're dropping right now, like... I'd be making money off of you. Some people, it's like they can't talk without swearing. And I don't understand, like, where that comes from. Like, why do you need to say the F word all the time? Like, and, you know, like, it, it's it's unfortunate, really. Like, I, I, just, I just joke around with people, and I'm like, you kiss your mother with that mouth? <laughs> and people just kind of look at me, and I'm just like, man, chill. Especially when there's kids around. Oh, I've seen people, yeah. people just go off when their kids are around, just like, man. Calm down. For the most part, I think people are relatively good, but yeah. Like, I remember once upon a time, I don't know if it's still happening today, where if there are grown-ups speaking or whatnot, if they are going off kind of thing, like, as soon as, like, kids arrive or something like that, I think for the most part, they usually have the uh, the mindset to, like, oh, let's censor this up kind of thing, but mm -hmm. um, hopefully that's still being noticed or practiced. Some people don't. They don't care. That's also true. It is what it is, I guess. So I apologize again. <laughs> tell me the other story you were telling me oh yeah yeah the church so, one yeah for sure for sure so <laughs> so co my co nick here he was uh you know he still feels bad about it but then i had to relieve him because i'm also at fault at something like this as well so i'm going to go off on a little 
story time with uh, Ginger Nick over here, myself. <laughs> OG Canelo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're, um, so back in the day, um, at the church I'm still congregating at, I used to be part of the worship team, so we'd be practicing. This was back in the day. And I was in conversation with others that I was practicing with. I was on the altar kind of thing. And I forget what kind of conversation we're having. But long story short, um, the S word also slipped out of my mouth. But I was in church on the altar. So as soon as I noticed, like, my face completely, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if my face turned red, if my eyes completely opened up. I'm like, oh, God, please have mercy on me. Like, I got off the altar ASAP and just went on my knees. Like, Lord, please forgive me. I, 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 I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. It was a slip up. A slip up. Please, please. <laughs> Lord, your mercies are new every day. Yes, sir. Every day, every hour, every minute. He forgives us for our trans... Trans... Transgressions or transpasses? How do you say it? Transgressions or transpasses? Transgressions. Both. Both. I'd say both. Amen. Yeah. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. (laughs) Yeah. We sin, man. It's it's the sad reality of being a a follower of Christ, right? What's that saying that you always say that, that one guy... He says, we are imperfect. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we always have to be careful, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, like, it's funny because I, I don't want to just, like, throw him under the bus like that. But my grandpa, he's he's been a Christian for over 30 years now. But sometimes, like, the words just slip out of his mouth, too. Oh, no way. Yeah, he just says the P <laughs> word. And it's just like, I'm just like, oh. What? Uh, I'm like, okay. <laughs> what? Hey, 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 what'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> when it happens, it's funny, but like, I don't want to say anything because I don't want him, I, I, I don't want him to feel bad either. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, you know, you always have to be careful. Like, my dad always says, uh, God tests us, uh, tests us where we are. Like, if you stub your toe, right? What's the, right. what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Is it going to be a swear word? Oh, mother freaking frack, sauerkraut, yeah. pickles and onions and <laughs> pickle so- juice and <laughs> fudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> H-E double hockey stick. Uh, there's a Christian guy at my work. Then whenever they say something to him, he goes, ah, shucks. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. He's a good guy. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, in- it's, it's interesting. I think we should go off of... Uh, uh, a conversation we were having right before we started this podcast, right? Because I think it's a it's a good conversation to have. It's a good dialogue to have. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, it wasn't something that I was expecting to speak about, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be a good conversation to have. Um, we'll try to be as vulnerable and as honest and as t- articulate as possible with this type of subject. Um, and hopefully this is something that maybe there are others in, in the world that can also possibly relate to this. Yeah, for right? sure. Um, so the topic is, it revolves around um, where is, I guess, where your heart is at when it comes to deciding on which yeah. church you want to congregate at. Yeah. So to provide a little short, quick context on myself, and then I'll let my brother Nick also provide mm-hmm. some context on his perspective as well. Um, during pandemic, I wasn't congregating at church whatsoever. Um, but I made a promise to myself when I guess pandemic was ending or was soon ending and, um, things were getting back to quote unquote, back to normal. Uh, I made a promise myself to just congregate as much as I can, 
um, and these two churches, it kind of worked out schedule-wise, where Thursday, um, I was able to go to prayer and Bible study, which, I'll be honest, I, I never have. Recently, I just went for the first time, but at, at, during that time, I never had. But there was that day, and then Friday, there was service at the other church, which I did go to, and then Saturday, there was service again at that same church, and then Sunday would be service at another church. So, to two churches. going yeah to two churches going back to back kind of um just getting myself back to congregating and back to um again getting closer to god giving him thanks giving him worship um again giving back my tithes too because i'll, mm-hmm. I'll be honest i wasn't tithing as well um and to the point where now um as i was sharing with my fellow nick here that i want to um i'm in the process like where i, I recognize that i'm 30 years old at some point i also have to be involved and change in in the sense of what am I going to be doing in the kingdom of the Lord? What am I going to be doing in my community? What am I going to be doing in church, right? And there are certain things that um, that is happening that is going on, which I won't share right now. Maybe later on at some point I won't share because that's not the po- uh, focus right now. Yeah. But um, before I start um, to really invest and participate and really state that I'm going to be doing something in church um my fellow nick here has helped me to understand and even others in the past as well because this has been a long process and and you already know about this yeah that i've been having this back and forth where before before i truly start participating or become back into the worship team or whatever the case may be i need to make a decision where i need to congregate at one church because i believe it is biblical as well that Mm -hmm. we are not called to be going from one church to another this church that that church another day like we need to be congregating at one place yeah right so this has been a battle for me um for a while but i have made a decision and thank you uh father almighty for all that thank you to yourself brother for your advice and your conversations and to other fellow nicks as we also have spoken about right um your wife um Mm -hmm. Uh, and shout out to other Nick and his wife mm-hmm. also that have been speaking to me about this too. And there's a few other individuals as well. You know who you are if you are going to be listening to this. And I appreciate you and I thank you for your advice and your words as well. Um, and the reason is that, um, again, right, I can't put off the excuse of um, of um, where my my heart feels it's... I have an emotional attachment to both locations. Uh, again, I'm, I'm only skimming right now. There's so much more to unravel, yeah. but uh, I'll just leave it for there right now. I have made a decision, but again, uh, at this point, I put it into the hands of the Lord to um, also to give me that guidance, revelation. And again, if it, if it is the place I'm supposed to be at, then glory to God. If not, then I can only um, hope that he would show me the way and, and, and reveal to me where I'm supposed to be. But uh, share your uh, summarize. Yeah, um, I felt bad, but I think it was a it was an important conversation to have with you uh, several weeks ago, actually. Yeah, uh, we ha- we had a barbecue here at my house, and we invited my fellow Nick over here, and another fellow Nick and his wife, and uh, one way or another, the topic came up about about your situation, right? And how we all kind of like put our two cents in on. Uh, what we thought maybe was the best decision for him to, for for you to take, right? And uh, <clears throat> you know, it isn't it's not biblical to uh, congregate in two different spots. Even though we all believe that we all believe we are brothers and sisters in Christ, right? The problem with congregating in two different locations is 
uh, there can be it, it can lead to a lot of confusion. It can lead to a lot of um, uh, what's the word contradictions, and it, it's dangerous, right? Because you, you can be you can be being you can be pulled one way and another way, and it's like a tug of war for you spiritually, right? Right. From one from one location to another location, and and even like like I was saying before, like I was telling you earlier, right? The doctrines. Mm-hmm. There's the different doctrines in different churches, and you always have to be careful. Like, also, church is not a uh, church is not like a, a, a restaurant menu where you can pick and choose what you want to hear, right? So I like what this guy's saying over here, but I also like what this guy's saying over here. So I'm gonna take what this guy said over here, and I'm gonna take what he said, and I'm kind of making my own kind of thing, right? And that's not what God wants from us either, right? Like He wants us to establish our, each in each of us in one place and to work in one place, right? Because it's not it's not healthy. It really isn't. And as sons and daughters of of God, it is important that we like like I was saying, at the end goal for all these churches is for us all to have congregate together, right? Because how how ridiculous does it look that there's 20 plus christian churches spanish hispanic speaking churches in one city like kitchener waterloo right and that's the situation that we're dealing with right now in our community right there's so many spanish speaking christian churches and it looks it looks ridiculous right and i think the end goal should for us as and God's goal is for us all to unite. Imagine if all the Christian Hispanics in Kitchener Waterloo united, how big of a church that would be. How glorious for God's for God's glory would that be? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's the sad truth is that we're not united at all. And what God wants us to do is to unite. But what what needs to happen for us to unite? We need to put aside our egos. We need to put aside our pride. We need to put aside our thinking of, like, our way of thinking sometimes, our way of being for the greater good, which is God's glory, right? And I know for you, it was <clears throat> it was very difficult because, like, like you were saying, you, you felt somewhat comfortable in both places, and... It, to to decide where you were gonna like yeah because make your roots right it, it, that's exactly it right because um you know i w- i will say i was very fortunate to um be raised at a time where i can say quote unquote it was conservative pentecostal mm-hmm. that transition to liberal and then mm. i was uh again fortunate to congregate a different congregation under a different name that was i would say that is conservative as well <clears throat> and to every now and then go back to visit when i was living in a different city to my uh, baby church that was i guess more liberal at this time at that time and still is today i believe and i mean that in no disrespect yeah right but it was very nice to really witness and uh, and see and understand what it's like to be at a more liberal versus a conservative type of church one that'd be more strict and the other one not so strict and in the regards of i guess um for the example right at the liberal church, uh, women can wear pants, kind of thing, right? At the conservative church, at the conservative church, women are un- unable to wear pants; they need to wear skirts, faldas, until mm-hmm. like the ankles, kind of a thing, right? 
um, just an example kind of thing. And men at the liberal church, they can have beards and all that, but men at the conservative church, they have to be clean shaven, right? Yeah. Um, again, everything comes from somewhere. There's a root to all, all to all of this, but I was very fortunate to kind of see that aspect of both worlds kind of thing, just to be open and just to be enlightened too, because in my mind, when I guess I was going through the list of the pros and cons, right, it, it just became like a stalemate from like, why can't this church be more like this in this way? Or why can't this church be more like this and this and that way kind of thing, right? And again, right, we all hear it, right? No church is perfect, right? You're never going to find that. Um, and I, I, I do agree with that. I do respect that. But at the end of the day, um, something that I was also sharing with my fellow Nick is that what I was searching for as well, that I was hoping to achieve or locate or find is just the sense of um, joy, Mm-hmm. which is very ironic and unusual to say i think like this would be the most absurd thing that would would that um would come across my mind mm-hmm. and i want to dive a little deeper into this as much as i can because um it's it, it shouldn't really it's 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 just interesting to kind of think of a moment that you know like wait coming to the house of the Lord, right? You're amongst brothers and sisters in Christ, family in Christ, right? You're amongst friends, right? You're amongst others that are in your age range, outside of your age range, that um, you've developed relationships, friendships over time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can always recall as youth or as a child, like it's always been a joyous time kind of thing for the most part, right? But then it came to a point where now... Um, I come to church, but I'm trying to find where I feel most joyous at. Um, not that that's the only thing I'm looking for, but I, I do want to feel happy at a place, right? Um, and and I, again, I don't know if that causes merit to make a decision of where to congregate, but I was just trying to find somewhere where I can actually have that. Um, and maybe it's just because of the situation that is that's happening, right? That myself being 32 years old, right? Um, there's not really many that I can be um in contact with or or be in fellowship with if i can say that and yes you can make the argument that i myself well why don't you just connect with others right why don't you just connect with the uh, young adults or the youth or or the caballeros or something like that right but um it's it's something that i don't want to force right naturally i'll make it happen kind of thing right try to be pleasant try to be respectful and all that but also I want to fa- I want to be in a place where like I know I can just like like say every time I see you or I dap you up you know we talk all that kind of thing I want that kind of brotherhood or brotherly love where I can find that at church kind of thing and at the moment unfortunately I don't feel like I have that at either or right so I kind of come to the acceptance of you know what just things are happening the way it is um just because it's the way it is, if that makes sense. So at this point, I've just came to the reality and accepted that, you know, I just got to accept um, this is how it's going to be. And I just got to focus on on just getting back to participating and just work out and just grind out and just, as my dad would say to me, you know, amar sus pantalones, right? Get up to work and don't make excuses and just unfortunately just suck it up kind of a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Because, uh, you know, uh, you want to feel joy. But one one thing that came to my mind is in church, like in every relationship you have, 
you have your ups and you have your downs. You have your good years, you have your bad years. Mm. You have prosperous years, you have years where times are tough. The, the time like tough times, right? Yeah. Recessions, all that stuff, right? With church, it's the exact same thing. We go through years Crazy, where there's right? there's harvest, there's food, there's la unción, there's everything. Everything's going great. People are getting along. Everything, and then the next year something happens. Uh, the fondos aren't coming in like they're supposed to be coming in. Uh, a lot of people aren't congregating. Some people are are coming, going. Division. Division. Some people aren't getting along. Mm-hmm. All these things come Politics, in. Politics, drama, all that stuff. To say, oh, in our church, everything's going well, you'd be the biggest liar. Yeah. Just like a, a marriage. Oh, my marriage is perfect. You're lying. Mm-hmm. Right? There is, we are human, like we said in the beginning, we are human beings and we will get on each other's nerves and someone will get you mad and someone will piss you off and this guy didn't talk to me right or this guy didn't shake my hand right. He barely touched me, this and that. Those things are going to come up in a church, right? And you kind of have to always ride the storm out. Yeah, and see the bigger picture of it. See the bigger, right? see the end goal of yeah. what's gonna, what's going to happen. And try not think every everything so personally, right? Try exactly. not to be so sensitive over the smallest things, because at the other, because again, there's a saying, right? It takes two to tangle, right? Mm. If this person didn't say, how do you like? How do you know if they meant that with the intentions of doing that, right? What if they're going through something that you don't know about, right? If this person didn't saludar you, why don't you go saludar them? Yeah. Right, why does it have to be always them doing it? Exactly, to you? Why can't you do it? So as uh, we're we're human beings, we're fickle, right? Like one day we're happy, the next day we're upset, and you just kind of you gotta roll with the punches. You gotta ride out the storm, and tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow something can happen. If you see, if you look around and everybody, for example, like you said, you weren't tithing, right? You see that you are tithing, and no, and everybody else isn't. And you say to God, why aren't why isn't everybody else tithing? Don't worry about it. As long as you're doing it, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Right? If someone else isn't doing it, you don't know their circumstances, you don't know their situation, and you're not bothering to find out what is going on with that situation, yeah. or you're not praying for this person, then you're just as you're just as uh, as guilty. Yeah. As guilty as that person that's not tithing. Yeah. Right? Because yes, it is a commandment that God calls from us, but it's not something that's gonna save us. Tithing is not going to save us. Yeah. Going to church every weekend is not going to save us. Fasting, praying 10 times, 15 times, 20 times a day, that's not going to save you. What saves you is believing in Jesus Christ and having that love, that mercy, the compassion that, that comes from Jesus Christ is going to change you and become, and you're going to become a new person. And if you see that someone else is not become a new person, then you'll, it'll motivate you to pray for this person to start talking to them and be like, hey, brother, what's going on? Like, is something going on in your life? They don't want to tell you that's fine, right? But like in church, you should you should feel comfortable enough to tell people your problems. And if you don't feel comfortable telling people your problems, then you got to ask yourself, what's going on here that I don't feel comfortable telling these people this? And, and, and that's tough, man. Like, it, that's that's extremely tough for people to just... You know, just go on a rant of this is going on, this is going on. Because at the same time as well, that that takes, like, I don't even know how to categorize that. If that's a moment of humility or mm-hmm. or being open or being vulnerable or uh, do you want 
or are you afraid of people seeing you differently kind of mm. a thing right they seeing you as weak or seeing you as like man what's happening with this person or or you're worried of seeing the kind of the facial reactions when you kind of say this stuff to them like man mm-hmm. Like, aren't you, like, a man, this is not how I ever thought of you and being. Like, are you you're an older person? Like, I thought you are supposed to have it all together kind of a thing, right? But it's, you're right. Like, are we in an environment that we're all kind of supportive and, and um, in a culture that we promote, right? Um, to, uh, if not share with everyone, but at least share with at least two or two or three brothers or sisters that you have that confidence in, right? Just to get it out there, just so you can have that uh, whether it be praying circle or interceding for one another or just checking up on one another kind of thing, right? Having that fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. Having that uh, core click that you can definitely lean upon kind of thing, right? Because, man, I don't, I don't know if you have, um, <laughs> you have the ability to just like in front of your congregation to like just spew out those kind of insecurities or very or or very um, deep situation or issues that's happening but that's that's hard to do man i have done it i'm not i'm not i have done it because i like you like you know i I do preach in church and sometimes you know the truth does come out and you gotta you gotta be um you gotta face reality that a lot of the circumstances we try to like show uh, a, a picture that that it's not necessarily necessarily the way it is Right, family problems, marital problems, problems with the kids, all these things happen within within the Christian life. And if we're there just trying to lie to ourselves and lie to everybody else to make it seem like you have the perfect marriage, you have the perfect life, you have the you don't have problems with your siblings, with your parents, with your kids, with whatever. We're just lying to ourselves and you know, uh, many times I've had to just just put the dirty laundry out there, right? And just let 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 the chips fall where they may, right? And I, gu- I guess in that context, it makes sense because if you're going to be preaching about a sermon or a topic that directly relates to you about a certain situation in your life, then mm-hmm. yeah, if, if that also allows you to uh, support or emphasize what you're saying with a personal testimony kind of thing in that topic, then I'll, I agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. And again, kudos to yourself and to any other um, preacher or predicadora who... Um, who actually kind of ties in their testimony with whatever they're preaching about? Because again, that's that's not easy to do as well, right? It's not because you're you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position and yeah, you're putting yourself for out the there. in the you're putting yourself out there to up for criticism, mm-hmm. right? Because people will listen to that and they'll be like, "Well, look at this guy; he has problems with whatever," and and yes, lo otro, and you're like you're just you're you're putting yourself out there right yeah man but it's important to put yourself out there so people know that you're not living a perfect life you know what i mean we all have our issues in our lives and also the thing that um that you want to also achieve as well that we know that the the word is enough is that you want to connect with people you want to draw Mm. people in right you want to have that empathy where what you're saying will probably relate to many others in the same congregation as well right Mm -hmm. one way or another because again life we've all been through not the exact same but similar experiences enough to kind of relate to one another right um so i i believe that's where a beautiful thing is a part of the testimony in those certain um uh, preachings where when one relates to another and once you say about your personal life out there then people can really be drawn into like wow 
that's not easy. This this man is being or this woman is being very vulnerable and speaking about their own personal life. That takes guts. Like and and this actually happened to me too, right? And then the hope is right after the testimony and the preaching. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, is that we hear what the solution is or we hear that what the good news is or we hear what what is the next step or we hear what the word has to say about that those specific or types of situations as well right yeah because you know there's always that famous saying predicador predicate a ti mismo right like preacher preach to yourself mm-hmm. sometimes uh you're preaching you, you think the preaching is for the congregation but the preaching in reality is for yourself and sometimes you got to look you got to take a look at yourself and see and analyze your own life to see where you can be better and where, where, uh, you know, I'll give, I'll give this example and I'll be a little bit vulnerable right now. Right. Uh, I had a falling out, falling out with a family member and this weekend, uh, this past weekend when I got to church, uh, this, this family member of mine, uh, his, his daughters were there and because another family member of mine had taken them. And this is the first time I had seen the the one daughter, and I I got really emotional, right? Because despite all the all the issues that that surround the family dynamic, right? I'll never take it out on children because yeah. it's not their fault. Yeah. Right. Like I said, us as human beings, we're fickle. We're where we get upset over silly things. We we get upset over someone says something I didn't like it. Someone made a joke I didn't like it, and Whatever the case may be, right? But it it, it left me with a, uh, a a thought a thought in my head, and I've been thinking about it all week, because we always want someone to recognize when they've committed, uh, not a sin, but they they were in the wrong. Mm-hmm. We always want someone to say, "I'm sorry," right? But sometimes. As Christians, we have to be the bigger per- people. And even though this person is not admitting to their fault, it sometimes it's on us to make amends, to fix the situation, right? And I'm just speaking. I'm speaking on my behalf, right? Because uh, you know, life happens, and you have we have problems. Yeah. And to 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 sit here and say, oh, you know, I don't have problems with my family members, my siblings, my parents. It's a, it's a lie. Yeah. So I've had that this thought in my head all week, and and uh, I told a, another family member of mine. I was like, I think maybe it's time for for us to to fix the situations that's going on within our family, right? And their response was, well, it's on them if they want to, right? And you know that was kind of like a negative way of thinking. Yeah. So I, I kind of just ignored what they said, right? But I've still been thinking about it. And I think what God is trying to tell me is that it needs to come from me. Even though I'm not the one that offended, even though I'm not the one that, that caused the problem there, it's going to have to be, it's, I'm the one that's going to have to fix the situation, yeah. whether I like it or not. And in church, it's the exact same thing. You have problems with an hermano, una hermana, and this person doesn't want to admit their fault, doesn't want to admit they're wrong. But for the greater good of God's glory, you right. have to be that that person that has to do it. Right, for the harmony between themselves, for the harmony in the church, right? Um, 
There's this one alabanza. It's like, mirar cuán, cuán bueno y delicioso es. Habitar con los, con los hermanos, hermanos en armonía. En juntos, en armonía, eh, juntos, right? And I'm pretty sure that's biblical as well. It's a biblical verse in Psalms, yeah. right? But I, yeah, I just think of that of that song as well, where it just, yeah, man, if you're going to constantly have this dirty laundry between in your mind, right? Because mm -hmm. I remember one time I had a similar situation where, um, not the current pastor right now, but the previous one, um, Again, what happened with my family and all that, I, I just had to, I couldn't keep it in my mind because this wasn't allowing me to be free in church to praise God or try to pray or anything like that because it was it was not allowing me to do what I wanted to do, right? So I had to speak to the pastor face-to-face, -face, man to man be like, listen, this is what's going on in my heart. This is what's going on in my mind. I need to find peace for myself. I'm not necessarily looking for answers or anything like that. The answers do help for sure, but I need to let this out because I need to confront this with you and, and not listen to what was been spoken about, but I need to hear this directly from you. And I've, and that's like, a, I'm pretty sure that's a common thing in many churches, right? Uh, these little situations that occur and over time, maybe at, at the beginning, it's something that, oh, they slip by or they pay attention to, but sometimes it builds up or it could be something very serious, right? And again, it's probably something that has nothing to do with you. But unfortunately, there's others who either um, they don't know about it, which is hopefully best case scenario, right? They're completely oblivious to what they're doing, right? And they just need that educational point. <laughs> and hopefully they would accept the educational point, right? Or Little nudge. Right? And they just like, wink, you know, wink, nudge, right? nudge. Or there's others that do know about it. But again, right, like you said, right, it's the ego, is, it's it's the pride it's, that hasn't allowed them to be vulnerable or just admit that they're at fault kind of a thing yeah i think that's the biggest that's the biggest hurdle us as human beings have admitting when we are wrong admitting nobody, when yeah. we've committed a fault yeah nobody likes to admit that they've been wrong <clears throat> nobody and we get the perfect example from jesus christ himself amen who was being crucified who was on the cross the nails through his skin be hanging there and he said father forgive them for they not know what they do. How crazy is that compassion, yeah. that mercy, being in his last moments in the flesh, still forgiving them yeah, man. for what they did. After the ex suffering the excruciating amount of pain for who knows how long, for how many days, for how many weeks, not knowing that he's been eating or drinking or anything like that, and still his very last few words or his last breath that he has up on the cross to say those type of words, asking forgiveness, not for himself, but for others. If Jesus can forgive that, who are we not to forgive others' transgressions against yeah. us, right? Yeah. And... And if I can really quick right yep. now, like you, you bring up something beautiful, right? You say that you haven't seen uh, one of your family's uh, family, one of your siblings' daughter for the first time in a long, like since, right? I don't know how old they are, but it, it just to have that moment of impact, right? That you realize, wow, this is the first time I've seen you and you're already this big. And you probably have thing in your mind too, like, I don't want it to be like this where the next who knows how long five years is going to take for me to see you again right because i assume that you want to be as much as possible involved in their life too yeah 
right and vice versa right so it comes to the point where like you see a bigger picture like this is so much bigger than this little situation that's going on right yeah man putting egos to the side right for the greater good of the whole family right because mm-hmm. you never want to experience a situation where the family's divided you won't you never want to experience a, a situation where where it's one side versus the other side versus another side versus another side it's like you know one day you got to grow up and just just figure it out man just you know i've seen i've seen older generations that they get to like later on in life like 70s 80s and they're still fighting with each other they're yeah. still not talking to each other and you never want to get to that situation where someone passes away and you and you you have that that doubt that that I could have done something. Yeah, I could have fixed like the what ifs, right? The what ifs. You never want to deal. You don't. You never want to live your life with the the what ifs. And inclusively too, like again, like you said, like we've seen this story many times before. We've seen this movie many times before. But not just the fact that they still have whole grudges or they still don't talk, but to the point when they do realize or they do come together, like how little or how dumb it was that caused them this kind of separation for so long mm-hmm. that they missed out on so many nieces and nephews' birthdays or or situations or or uh, celebrations or games or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. That's why people people are like, oh, uh, uh, how's it going with so-and-so? Me? I, I got to that point where I was just like, I'm not going to lie to people anymore, man. Like, you know, it's the reality of life is that, like, there was a falling out. Like, there, we're no longer in uh, speaking terms. And, you know, that's not how you want situations to turn out, right? But at the end of the day, like, not everybody matures the same way. Mm-hmm. Not everybody matures at the same time. Right. Sometimes you, you know, got to wait for someone else to, to get to that to that moment or that have that epiphany or have that in, in, encounter with God or have that, you know, personal relationship with god right because a lot of the times in in churches for example people leave because they're not spiritually mature right and then they expect more from everybody else there Mm -hmm. or they expect people to act a certain way and not everybody acts that way some people aren't spiritually mature some people are some people aren't at the same level of maturity right some some people are on their way some people are way up here right and you you have all these different personalities, all these different uh, um, dones. Some people are, are are meant to be evangelists. Some people are meant to be masters, teachers. Others are supposed to be apostles. Like you got so many different realms within the the the, the body of Christ, and not everybody handles situations the exact same way, right? So, and it's the same the same way in a family dynamic. Right, just because like I'm the third of fourth, right? Right. My mature level is not the same as my oldest sister, mm-hmm. right? Who's three years older than me, and my mature level is not the same as my youngest sister, who's uh, ten months younger than me, right? It, it it's different. Same with my my brother. My brother is is nine or eleven months older than me. We're not in the same level. Mm-hmm. We haven't been through the same things. Right. We haven't uh, had trials the exact same way we've all gone through our our struggles with life mm-hmm. so everybody goes through their own thing and we have to kind of understand each other in the best way we ha- we can right and what's that famous saying church 
what is church? Church is a hospital for the sick. Right. You go there sick, hoping that God's going to heal you and come out better. Yeah. Right? Sick spiritually. Right? Sometimes you're physically sick, but spiritually speaking, church yeah. is a hospital for everybody. That you become healthy, they become strong enough to take what you've learned, what you received out into the world to pass that on as well. Too. Or you hope to, be, or you hope that's what's happening, right? Right. Because you never want, like you said earlier, you never want to get to a church and look around and see what's happening and no one's growing spiritually, no one's working. Uh, everybody's just talking bad about each other and it, it, whatever. At the end of the day, if they're, if, if everybody else isn't growing, Focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. You be the change. Yeah. You be that difference maker within that community, right? It's like a we'll we'll, we'll talk about sports analogies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The difference maker is Victor Wembanyama going to be the difference maker for the San Antonio Spurs? Right. Time will tell. Yeah. Right. But they're, they're everybody's saying how he's this he's this polarizing kid who's coming from France. He's seven foot five. He can shoot. He can dribble. He is he going to be that difference maker for the San Antonio Spurs from being yeah. the worst one of the worst teams in the league to making the playoffs to eventually winning a championship? Yeah. Is he going to fulfill the number one pick? Exactly. Or is is he going to be a bust? And it's the exact same thing in church. When you get somewhere, are you going to be a bust or are you going to? Elevate the rest of your family yeah. or the rest of the, the hermanos that are there. Because yeah. every individual in church has the opportunity to become a leader, right? Exactly. And it, and I'm not saying a leader as in a sense of actually having the titleship in the church itself or being like a youth leader or, or caballero leader or dominator or, or worship leader. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying a leader in itself that is aligned with with who Christ is, right? Mm-hmm. Being a leader when it comes to the way you present yourself, the way you speak, the way you dress, the way that you um, um, support in events or situations or what you offer to the table kind of thing. Being a leader when it comes to what you're saying, right? Becoming a difference when it comes to days of prayer or being involved at the point where you actually do become speaking. Being a leader in the sense of like you become the part of the change that you can also help influence others that you can see that become potential leaders as well to cause this kind of a um, of an infectious kind of thing where it just grows within the church itself, right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, we all can point out at ourselves and everyone else, like, you can be the difference because I think, yeah, we all can be the difference, right? But at some point, it does take that person, right? There always has to be that one person, right? In this world, you always hear those analogies of, like, this world is made up of either wolves mm. or sheep, right? Um you're either going to be that person who is all about the discipline, right? Or is going to be someone who's just going to be hoping, oh, I hope, I dream, or oh, I'm going to find something I'm passionate about, right? It, it's it's something that's going to take discipline. That's all it is, right? There's no shortcuts. There's no way around it, right? You can't, and again, right, this is the realization that I've been having when we were talking about early on, right? I can't depend on, like, having this kind of this fellowship or what it was before where I had all these people that were, like, around my same age. I can feel happy. That I can feel, talk to them, all that thing. I, I can't rely on that, right? At some point, you got to, as a man, and, and as a grown woman too like you got to understand that you got to depend on yourself where you have to now become that leader for yourself mm. and where you have to make that change for yourself within the church as well right because you have these observations you have the recognitions of what is being missed out what is missing and what is in need of it all right then why should i expect things something to change 
Mm-hmm. Why can't I expect myself to be that change or change in myself or make that change in with myself to try to strive for that, right? If there is something that I know I'm capable of doing or knowing I can do it, then why don't I just grab onto it, right? The Lord is going to be there waiting for me, right? He's always going to be 50% away there. Why don't I just bring that 50% to him too as well, right? Instead of having that mindset of like, no, no, no. This is where the mental game comes from, right? This is where the mental endurance comes from. This is where you have to think about being that mind over matter concept as well. I'm just going off right now, but hopefully this is what I'm, what I'm saying is making right. sense, right? It's just that it, just being in this situation, because I remember there was times where like, I just feel like, man, like, again, point to fingers, point to fingers. But then at the end of the day, it all comes back to what am I doing myself what am I what am I bringing to the table if I have these abilities if I have these attributes if I have these uh, quote-unquote donors then how how is anything being used here in this in this place right now right maybe if I start doing more pushing more maybe the outcome for myself will change in a sense of whether it be joy right in the sense of whether it be purpose in the sense of whether it be all right now Let's create this culture change within the church that I thought once was, but now will be something else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, and, and this is just stuff that observing, reflecting, right? Having these conversations outside of the podcast, whether it be with yourself or others as well, right? And being at the era that we're at right now, right? In our 30s, right? Mm-hmm. How are we going to take advantage of these 10 years of these 30s? Like, what's going to be the biggest thing? Like, and at the end of it, what is going to be the legacy too, right? Mm-hmm. What is the legacy that your father, my father has left behind so far, right? Because sometimes when I would, like the one day I went to um, prayer at, uh, at church, right? Um, the We were in a prayer circle, Los Gavieros, and then um, somebody brought up like, okay, does anyone have a petition to bring up, a petition to bring up to pray about, right? And... Um, I brought something about uh, my brother and his wife. They left to Guatemala, so I was like, "Oh, I want prayer for my my brother and his wife, just so that they arrive to what they safe and they come back safe and all that, right?" But then there's a brother who said, "Like, I also want to raise a petition," and he said that I want to um, just talk about I want to pray for your father, kind of thing, my dad, right? Just so that somehow he can come back to church, kind of thing, right? Um, and he spoke about why he wanted to bring this up and the impact that my dad. Um, made on him which is something I would say that's similar as well the impact my dad made on you right and to know that just that kind of hearing that kind of example right there just understand what kind of legacy um, that uh, my father was able to create is something that again I'm going really short on this but is the legacy that we also you and I have to think about as well right what kind of legacy are we going to leave behind what kind Mm -hmm. of legacy are we creating right now when it comes to this 10 years because 30s is going to be a huge opportunity where it's going to be about that focus when it comes to a lot of work to be done right to get that push forward so are we going to use it wisely or are we going to just let it go by and just like our 20s I think our 30s is going to define our life and our spiritual life because my dad defined his spiritual life in his 30s going into his 40s and your dad did as well, right? And it looks like it's happening for us as well. God is testing our our want to work, our ability to put our wants into work, like actual doing it. And our resilience. and And to see how far we can actually go because the more you work, the more tribulations, the more hard tri- times 
will come. Yeah. Why? Because the devil will see you going up spiritually, and he's gonna want to try to knock you down. Yeah. He's gonna try. He's gonna try to, like a Jenga, right? Try to tip over all your hard work that you're doing, right? Yeah. It's so easy to to get discouraged. It's so easy to feel like you're not seeing a difference. But as long as there's being there's a there's a difference in you personally, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Because this is all personal. This this your journey for you, for the listeners, for myself, this is all individual. Yeah. Your father can't save you. Yeah. My father can't save me. Your mother can't save you. My mother can't save me. My wife can't save me. No one can save me. But God and me putting in that work, yeah. right? Not just saying I love God and not 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 putting backing it up with my with my actions, right? Knowing there's there's change in you is knowing that you're growing spiritually. Whether you know that's that famous song, "Puedes tener paz en la tormenta." You can have peace in the tor- in, in the storm. Right to know that you're going through that hard time and you still have peace and you're still congregating and you still have joy in your heart, you know you're doing something good. You know God's working within you, right? Because you're putting your your trust, all your confianza, all your everything in Jesus, knowing that He's going to get you out of whatever situation you're in, whatever circumstances you're in. A lot of the time, we put ourselves in those circ- in those situations and the circumstances, right? Yeah. But if you're not a man or woman of prayer, if you don't get on your knees, if you don't ask God, then he might not ever get you out of that. Yeah. Or you yourself won't get every, ever get yourself out of that, right? We are creatures of habit, right? Um, you know that saying, you are what you eat kind of thing, mm. right? If you're in a constant eating fast food and all that, then you should expect the results that you should get, right? Yep. So the same thing when it comes to your spiritual life. If you're not reading the word, if you're not praying, or if you're not fasting, then expect what's going to happen to you because not you're not exercising that spiritual body inside of you right you're not putting in the work you're not putting in the work and again the devil is not worried about those who are on the bench on the bench mm. players right he's worried about the ones that are actually putting forth in action right that is making that effort that's making those sacrifices right if you're going to sacrifice at your craft at work or your goals or whatever the case is then you better believe that that's the same kind of sacrifice or more even more that you have to put into your spiritual life as well you think people like Jeff Bezos, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Bill Gates, you think those people got to the, the status that they have now by just sitting around and eating chips and eating fries and burgers and all this stuff? No, man. These people were working 12, 15, 16, 17, 18 hours a day trying to perfect whatever they were trying to perfect. It's the exact same way yep. with your spiritual life. Exactly. You can't you can't expect to grow spiritually if if you don't open the Bible until if you have service on Sundays until Sunday. You can't expect to to your love for Jesus Christ to grow just praying on Sundays or or doing whatever you do on Sundays or Saturdays, whatever day you go to church, right? Mm-hmm. You have to put in the work as well. You have to study the bible you have to study uh whatever right they say that the bible is our sword right if you are not able to get to know your weapon Mm. right get to shine your weapon get to polish your weapon then when it, it comes time that you need to put into use 
how effective will it be? You won't be affected at all. At all, you're gonna be useless, mm-hmm. right? Because then, when the devil comes and he tries to uh, tempt you or he tries to lure you to something else, you're not gonna be prepared. Yeah. El diablo es, ast- es astuto, right? The the devil knows what he's doing. The devil knows where to attack you, and it Smart you like need that. to know the devil work just as well as he knows you, mm-hmm. right? That's not to say, oh, go read the Satanic Bible. No. But you need to be prepared always for any circumstance that's going to happen, right? I heard this one uh, this one saying or this one sermon. I forget where and when, but uh, and I'm paraphrasing. So um, be patient with me when I say this. He was essentially what he said was sometimes the devil talks to God more than we do hmm. in a sense where the devil will talk to God in the morning and in the evening. How many times are we, right? Hmm. And we're, you know, appearing Christ followers, you know, Christians kind of thing, right? And if something bad is happening in your life, it's because God is allowing it to happen in your life. And you need to ask yourself, what does God want me to learn from this situation? Right? Because you look at the example of, of Job, right? We, we bring up Job a lot. We do, yeah. But it, 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 it's a good example of what's, what, what happens in our lives. It says, it says in the Bible that the devil was out and he, he showed up and, he, and then God asked him, where, where you come from? And he's like, I came roaming the earth, right? And I'm paraphrasing. And he said, have you touched my servant Job? And he said, uh, no. And he said, he, he serves you because he has money and he has everything and blah, 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 blah. God said, okay, I'll, I'll allow you to te- test him, but don't touch his soul, right? So God is giving him permission. So the devil had to ask for permission first in order for him to test Job where he was standing, to test his fundamentals, mm-hmm. to test where what he was saying, right? And Job wrote, he said, I, would, I talked about you, but I didn't know you. But now I see who you are God who you are to me and even at that time too like the devil recognizes the authority that God has over him because he said what that one rule right do not touch his soul mm-hmm. so to <laughs> so the devil knew like okay that's the one rule I won't break I can't break it right because he knew if he tried hmm. I saw a preaching and said the devil knows he's fighting a, a a battle that he cannot win. Yeah, that he's de- doomed to fail. That he's he's destined doomed to, to fail. He's destined to fail because if God wanted to destroy him, he could have done it just like that. Yeah, already. Right? But everything's happening for a reason. And who are we to question what God what God is doing? Who are we to question why God's allowing certain things to happen? How are you ever going to know God's love and mercy if you everything is always roses, everything's sunflowers, yeah. everything's sunshine? You know, we're never going to know. We got to go through it. It, Look at the apostles. You think they had easy lives? Mm -hmm. You think it was easy for them after Jesus resurrected? They went through it. They were put in jail. They were stoned to death. They they they, They were exiled. They were persecuted. They, they went through so much for the name of Christ. And, And one thing that, that ma- that makes me really think about it, man. Sometimes us as human beings, we act that way when we when we believe something like 
these cults, right? Some people are willing to die for their cults, for their their religious belief system. Because I was watching um, uh, uh, a documentary on uh, uh, the Waco situation. Did you hear what happened? In, I think it was in the 90s in Waco, Texas. So there was this guy who formed a, a cult in, in Waco. I think it was in the 90s. I might be wrong. Um, obviously, I'm going to get fact-checked. But this guy created a cult in Waco, Texas, and he convinced a bunch of people there that he was the reincarnated version of Jesus Christ. No way. And he convinced husbands and wives to leave their lives and to move into this compound in, in Waco, Texas. And what they were doing is they, they were uh, building up a, a little army. And they were getting guns. They were buying guns. They had money. And they were getting ammunition. And they were getting hand grenades, bombs, all these things, everything. They had like wow. a liter- literally a small army in this compound. And there was families. There was hundreds of people living there. Wow. Mothers, husbands, wives, uh, children, everything. And then when the government found out that these people were, were buying guns illegally, they tried to go in. And basically what happened was it was, it was it was ground zero. They started shooting at them. They started fighting. Like one side was shooting and the FBI, the ATF, they were all shooting against the other, other people. And then they were telling them they needed to come out. They needed to come out. And these people trusted. They put all their trust in this man who was lying to them that they were willing to die for their religious beliefs, for this one man. And spoiler alert. Over a hundred people, men, women, and children, died there no for way. this man. Jeez, that's insane. I don't know what the documentary is called, but it's on Netflix. Watch it. It's so sad, man. Seeing, I think it was These people blinded. I think it was over twenty children that died. Over twenty. Over 20 children. Like, innocent children. Like these children had guns as well? Kind of no. Thing? No. But they were telling... They had a 52-day standoff with these people. Wow. 52 days. Two and a half months. Or two months. Almost two months with these people. A standoff with the American government versus the, this cult. Jeez, man. Man, can you imagine... Putting all your faith, all your trust in a man who was stealing your wives, who was claiming your children as his, who was had some children as his wives. Man, can you imagine? Yeah, we there was sometimes a lot of things that were happening those days. Sometimes we put our trust in the wrong things, and we don't look at the one that we need to look at—the one that is without sin, the one that's never lied to us, the one that keeps his promises. We don't put our faith and our trust in him, and instead we put it on someone else, and that's where we go wrong. Our one true Lord and Savior. He never steered us wrong. He never lied to us. He told us, you will have pain, you will have affliction in in the world. Yeah. But for my name's sake, you will get to the end. You will go through the fire. You will go through hell to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. But know that I will be there. I will be with you. Paul says something. Ya no vivo yo, mas Cristo vive en mí. No longer do I live, but Christ who lives within me. 
because he Love knew that, that he was no longer putting his trust in Jerusalem, in Israel. He was no longer putting his, his trust in Rome, in Caesar. He was no longer putting his trust in the work that he had before. He was putting his trust, his love, his everything in Jesus Christ because he knew if he stayed true to Jesus Christ that his, his reward was greater than anything that he can get on earth. And that's what I'm telling you, Amen. brother and sister, if you're listening right now, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter the trials, the tribulations, the hard times, the famine, the you, you don't have food in your plate right now. You don't have a, a, a roof over your head. You don't have a spouse. You don't have children yet. You don't have this. You don't have that. It doesn't matter. One day, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, he will provide everything you need and more. But the, uh, the most important thing is that you put him first. You put your trust in him first. You put all your love in him first. And your reward is great. Your name will be inscribed in the book of life. Mm -hmm. And you will have everlasting life. Amen. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We all go through hard times. But we one all facet do. or another, right? It's something that we're, we must go through. And we say that we must is because... Just like in life in general, let's go into into academics, right? When you finish high school, you're off to college and university. They say that, we'll say university for the sake of argument, that university is a certain percentage tougher than uh, high school. They say if you're getting 90s in high school, that's probably going to drop down to 70s when you're in university, just for an example, right? But that learning curve, that, that, that push of resilience, the way that you adapt, the way that you overcome, you don't just sit there and, and, and just accept to fail. No, no, you, 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 pers you persevere, you push through, you, you fight through, right? That's the same thing when it comes to the faith as well. In order to get better somewhere, you have to overcome. You need to overcome certain obstacles that doesn't allow you to stay comfortable, doesn't allow you to stay complacent that doesn't allow you to uh, plateau um, when it comes to working out right you don't stay just doing just uh bench pressing the bar you need to at some point your goal is to bench press a plate two mm -hmm. plates three plates but you must fight through you must overcome this is part of the christian life where we are not just here to just accept the lord baptized by by the holy spirit baptized by the waters it, these are just the beginning steps of recognizing that in order to get better in this christian career in this christian way of life that these moments that comes to us god will test us to see how well we how founded are we are with our faith right and we must overcome we must endure we must become better because it only prepares us it only prepares us further to the one day that arrives or to the day that you are called to, who knows, maybe be a missionary somewhere else where mm -hmm. times will be even tougher. But you've done the boot camp. You've mm. done the prerequisites. You have been training for this, right? You've been training spiritually, physically, mentally for this, right? To the day that you are sent out there and God knows that, hey, I'll still be there. But you are now prepared. You will be ready. Yeah. Imagine if you use black, that black mamba mentality for their Christian life, life, right? Imagine if you, you're just a, you're a raw talent, but you don't put in that work. You're you're just you're you're wasting your time. You're wasting that talent that you have, right? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. 
You know, you got to put in that work. What is, well, how do you put in the work within the Christian realm? Right? You pray. You read the Bible. You watch videos. You learn from other people. Yeah. You don't only have to learn from one specific person. You can learn from so many people. Yeah. You got to put in your reps. You got to put in the work. Exactly. You got to put in that extra stuff that nobody sees, right? And again, like we're human, like uh, I'll admit, like working from, let's say, just say 8 to 4.30, yeah, at the end of the day, I am tired. I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit down and lay down. But again, that's where the mama mentality comes in. That's where the self-discipline needs to come in, where it's put into play, where you must overcome. Yes, it's difficult. It is hard. It is difficult. But something, you have to progress in some way, somehow, right? Whether it be, at least what I'm doing right now is I'm taking a coffee at like from 1 to 2 p.m. Just make sure that I don't fall asleep when I come <laughs> back home, right, for one. Um, and just to start and just get in forward, right? And to write down these goals, right? And and But also put action to these goals because goals are nothing just, uh, are just a bunch of dreams without any action or any, or any, or any mindset put forth to it, right? So again, like you're saying, right? When it comes, when you come back home, having that mamba mentality or having that self-discipline, right? What are you gonna do? All right, once you get home, read one chapter, pray ten minutes, mm. or if or or pray five minutes, right? And if you don't know what to pray about, just give them thanks, right? Read the word that's gonna allow you to to know, right? Listen to others when they pray, right? Hear prayers or see examples of prayers, right? There's so much to be praying about, right? Being thankful where we live, where we are, right? Uh, of, of of who are involved in our lives, right? The type of work that we have, the things that we have, the home, right? The the country, right? The the lack of war that we're going through, the lack of danger, right? The lack of persecution, right? That we're very thankful of, right? It's it's. You need to start somewhere. You need to start somewhere. You're you're not gonna be born a, a physical a physical like you're not gonna be you're not gonna start off like being a tremendous preacher you're not gonna start off being a tremendous prayer or 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 prophesizing or whatever the case whatever don or talent God has given you it's something you have to work at to eventually get to where you want to be and. You gotta put that work, man. You gotta, you gotta put those reps in. Yeah, there's right? no way around it. You're never gonna bench two twenty five if you stay at one thirty five forever. Yeah, right? exactly. You gotta start at one thirty five. Work your way up, man. Like, uh, when I first started working out, I could barely do one thirty five. Mm-hmm. But I, I put, I put my hours in. I put my work in. Now I can do 225. Yeah. Even on those days that you don't feel like it. Exactly. Even on those days that you feel tired. Even on those days you feel mad. Or even on those days that you have no time. Like, that's... You got to go... You, you work go, through it, you man. You got to work through it. Man, how many people do you see that never miss work? Because they're grinding. Mm-hmm. They're there. What if people were like that for church? Yeah. I know people... I know Christian people that never miss church... That never miss work. Every year, when it's a performance review, oh, you didn't miss any. You didn't call in sick once this year. Congratulations. Oh, but you you haven't gone to church. Your priorities your priorities are not in the right place. Because if work is more important than you than church, then you need to ask yourself what what you're doing really. Because or remind yourself, right? Yeah, because if you're gonna go above and beyond for for your secular job, 
you need to go even more for for God. Yeah, because you have to again reflect on yourself. What is your priority in life? Right. Mm-hmm. What is your number one priority? Who is the epicenter of your life? Right. Um, where do you put things when it comes to arrangement of most important to least important kind of thing in your life as well too? Yeah, man. Like, it's sad seeing like that harsh reality of how some people are, right? But at the end of the day, it's what are you doing, mm-hmm. right? Because it's so easy to criticize everybody else, but what are you doing? Exactly. What work are you doing? What What are you doing in church that's different than everybody else? Yeah. The finger you point, there's always three looking back at exactly. you. Exactly. So, so oh, this guy doesn't tithe. Well, are you tithing? No? Okay. So mm-hmm. why, why are you criticizing yeah. this other person? Oh, this other guy, when everybody else is praying, he's not praying. Are you praying? Yeah. Because I'm, uh, I'm assuming you're not praying because you're seeing that he's not praying. If you're observing that, yeah. And if he's not, then don't worry about it. It's not your part of your business, right? Just pray for that person. Yeah. And like we said earlier, man, to say that the church is a perfect place where you're not going to find uh, uh, defects and you're not going to find people that, or you're going to, you're yeah, you're not, you're going to find perfect people that, that's the biggest mis- mistake because that's a problem that goes back way, 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 way back. Yeah. Because it says, uh, Paul, was, I think it was wrote to the Corinthians, he said, you astound me that you've forgotten so quickly your first love. And he was, ta- he was writing a letter to, to a church because so, quick, so quickly they had changed the word. So quickly they had forgot about the sacrifice that Jesus had made. And this is still during Jesus' time. Now, can you imagine how much more we've twisted the word now? Mm-hmm. How everything has changed now, right? One thing that still bothers me to this day, right? Because I went by, uh, I drove by a, a church the other day, and they had a rainbow flag in their sign. And they said, we are inclusive to everybody. Oh, wow. And I said, man, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What is the Christian community doing? How have we gone so far away from the Christian roots, from the true message of Jesus Christ? How have we twisted the word? Right? We're not doing it the same way as they were back then. But we're still doing it. Mm -hmm. We're still giving our own twist, our own way of thinking to the word of God. Our own mindsets, our opinions, our own ideologies, our own self-proclaimed revelations you know man it it, it got me upset when i saw that Mm -hmm. because i was like man we are so worried about trying to please the world that we have stopped pleasing the one that we are serving yeah the one that we're most should have put our attention to that we're making sure that we actually get ourselves into heaven as well right yep but no, we want to please others. That's more important than pleasing our own God. And this is, hey, this is something important for you, you listener. If you haven't made your decision on where you want to congregate, right? These are all things that you need to take into account, right? If you are in a church where it's super liberal to the point that they're just allowing you to do whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter what you do, Jesus loves you, you're in the wrong place, bro. Yeah, get out. You're in the wrong place. And... You have every right to call these people out, 
to call out the pastor, to call out the 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 ancianos of the church, whatever the case may be. You have every right. You have every authority. God gives you every authority to call these people out. To say, you are not preaching the word of God. You are not doing God's will. You are have turned away from the true meaning of being a Christian, and you've tarnished it. Yeah, even to the point of where you question them and bring them to the side. Like, hey, what is the doctrine here? What is the message here? What is the vision here? And then see what they're reading and then bring up like, you, you, do, you do know it says this and this and this here in the Bible, right? And with the context of the before and after because they'll be prepared. So you better be prepared yourself as well. And I don't know what's going on with our society within the Christian community. A lot of us have have gone away from what we're supposed to be doing. Hey. What we're supposed to be teaching. Hey, that's why they call it end times, brother. End times, man. We are living it. We are seeing it. The problems that we have been facing lately is not the problems our our parents were facing back then. It's not the problems that our grandparents were facing. It's completely different. Hmm. In every way, social media, has, has the alphabet group, game changer. There's so many different movements now that's that's going on. Right. You know that whole cancel culture, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, There's how many a, people yeah. do you know? Like, look at the situation that's happening in the United States. Trump is literally going to go to jail for something that every president before him has has done. What is he going to jail for? I don't know if he's for sure going to go to jail, right? But he's going to he's 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 being put up for trial because he quote unquote gave away secrets of the government. He was telling people secrets, right? Mm-hmm. There's probably more to it. That's that's what I saw a, a little yeah, a little, little, little bit of it. Of it. Yeah, 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 a little snippet of it. But how many of them didn't do that? Probably, yeah. They say JFK told Marilyn Monroe everything. Right. And they're just using this just to keep him hushed up or yeah. keep him from re reelecting again. Exactly. Because why? Because Trump doesn't want to put up with the alphabet group. He doesn't want to put up with that whole transgender movement, that whole uh, indoctrinating children into into believing yeah. in that whole alphabet movement yeah. thing. Forcing uh, the alphabet group education into the education system as well. Right? Exactly. Exposing young children to this mindset of different genders or gender spectrum or or how they need to accepting of it or how they need to be correct with their pronouns mm-hmm. get out and we're seeing how it's just gonna get worse and worse and worse doesn't matter who they put in charge you know like because yeah it's great that trump is standing against that but he this man was was not the best uh, example of a human being either, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he was, he's very flawed, and a lot of people put, have put their trust in him when they shouldn't, right? A lot of people. I had a friend who told me that uh, that God put Trump as president because he was going to change the world. He was going to change this and that, and I'm like, man, do you know how crazy that sounds? You know how you're so misguided in 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 who you're putting your trust in. Right, because at the end of the day, everything happens in the world because God's allowing it to happen. Right. If the world is getting worse and worse and worse, it's because God is allowing it. If people have turned their back on God, it's because He's allowing it, and He knows why He's doing it. And it's just on us to stay true. Right. There's that famous saying: you either stand for something or you fall for anything. Yeah. 
right? So stand for Jesus Christ. Stand firm. Stand firm. Stay true. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because he's with you. Amen. He said he'll be with you till the end. And beyond. Right? Because life doesn't end with, with us dying here. No. For our flesh it does. But for our spirit, eternity. We will be made new. Yes. So, I hope it kind of clears up, like, that whole situation, right? Like, I know we kind of went away from the original um, topic. But it, it is important for us to still understand that we are all flawed. Mm-hmm. And also just to share uh, of a situation that maybe someone else is going through as well, right? Yeah. And just to recognize that, hey... These are things that is not just uh, personal in a sense of where it's not just one person. Many situations like this happen to many others in the world as well, right? Mm -hmm. One way or another, either identical or something similar, right? So, again, just want to to share, right? Yeah, because, you know, like you're not the first and you're not the last that uh, has gone through. Like, me personally, last year I went through a situation where uh i went through something similar i didn't know if where i was was the place that god wanted me right Mm -hmm. and i stopped congregating for six months and that's the longest i've i've gone in my entire life without congregating and i can honestly say it, it it was weird i did not feel comfortable not congregating Mm -hmm. right because it's something that you need to do you need to be in communion, in fellowship with your brothers and your sisters and not look at their flaws, not look at their defects. Look at your own flaws and look at your own defects and try to better yourself, right? Because you you can't change people. Mm-hmm. Only God can do that. Right. The only way you can do it is by praying for God to do something. Pray for God to do something in your life. Once you can do that, man, it becomes easier. It does. Right? And as long as you and I are growing spiritually, that's what that's what matters. Yeah. If we can elevate ourselves. Right? Exactly. To have that fellowship, to have that brotherhood kind of thing. Pray for one another. Intercede for one another. Grow mm-hmm. from one another. Learn from one another. In this world, in this Christian world, there's not many of us. And man, even, even, even recording this podcast is sometimes is such a struggle, right? Because things pop up, mm-hmm. and there's uh, distractions, there's this, there's that, that can defer us from, from doing our our, our work, right? Because whether people want to admit it or not, this is, this is our work that we're doing for God. Right? We're not doing this for ourselves. We're not doing this to, to become famous or, or or receive any type of glory or yeah, honor. No, we're doing this because we want we, we want to work. This is helping us. This is helping you, right? This I'm, it's helping me. I don't know about you, but it's helping for sure, man. Yeah. Like this is yeah, we're not yeah, sometimes we, we discuss about silly things and you know, sometimes we let the S bomb drop and you know, stuff happens. But we're trying. We're trying to to put the word out there. Mm-hmm. We're trying to 
put our works in. This is our reps, right? We started off at 135. We're trying to go to 145 now, 155, 165 to get to yeah. 225 and then beyond, right? Exactly. That's always the goal. When you go to when you go work out, you don't just go work out for the sake of working out. You go out there because you're trying reason. to build muscle. Yeah. Or you're, you're trying, trying to get to lean out. Achieve some type of goal, right? Exactly. You don't go p- play basketball for the sake of just playing basketball. You want to get better. Mm-hmm. You don't go play soccer just for the sake of playing soccer. You want to get better. Yeah. Right? Maybe in like now that it's different because you, we don't have as much time or energy, right? Or because our summers are short. Summers are short. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you never, me personally, I never do anything just for the sake of doing it. I want to get better. Right. Right? Music-wise. You don't pick up the guitar just to play. You want to get better. You want to learn. Right. You want to learn new songs. You don't want to stay stagnant. You don't want to, you know, stay the same, the same style your whole life. Yeah. You want to get to the point where somebody says, okay, we're going to sing this in the key of this. I'm like, okay, you'll figure out the chord progression in that same moment, in that same instant. Oh, never mind. We're going to change this key. Okay. Either mm-hmm. cap or, or I'm changing the, <laughs> the, the chords in that, in that scale as well, right? Yeah, like... My Nick over here, I saw his video on YouTube, and he's jumping around with his bro singing that song, that Hillsong song. One way, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you see, you can see the progression there, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you don't, you didn't stay in that style, right? Well, at least I hope you didn't, because you still, <laughs> you've still never played in front of me yet. But you know, you wanna you wanna progress in that. Mm-hmm. You wanna be able to learn different styles, different different rhythms, your different uh, melodies. There's so much. There's within music. There's so many different aspects that you can learn. You know, you can't just stay in one style, right? Like, there's a guy in my church. He plays in the church band, but he he plays because uh, he's older, and we're just trying to keep him motivated in church, right? Right. But he only plays one specific style of music, and you cannot get him out of that. Yeah, he plays the same genre while you guys are playing a completely different genre. Exactly. <laughs> We're singing like uh, a newer song, and he's his style of guitar is his picking and everything is old school. Like this guy's, <laughs> he guys are playing like uh, yeah, like um, man, I'm gonna use let's say uh, uh, gyro. Gyra? Yeah. Gyra, you wanna know. I don't know that song. Gyra. It's your favorite song? Yeah, I can be good now. I don't know that song. Bro, this is it's like the one you've been listening to for like it's like No, the, I've been listening one. to Yeshua. Oh. Oh. Whoops, awkward. <laughs> People could see how red your face is right now. <laughs> Sing me Yeshua again real quick. <laughs> Yeshua. Oh, okay. I got you. That song's blowing up right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's singing that song. Yeah, so so that song, yeah. You, you know, going to small, bass, soft battle. And then like you that. hear this guy going, bang, ding, 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 but you're trying to like keep this guy motivated, right? But you don't want to stay like that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to stay like I know this is the way I I learned how to play, and no one's gonna change me, right? How how often do you hear that from people? I'm like that, and I'm not. I'm never gonna change. Yeah, that's such a horrible way of thinking. Such a horrible way of thinking. 
it's a negative way of thinking because you're never going to spiritually grow. Yeah. Because you're, that's how I am. That's how I was taught. That's what, how my parents showed me and that's how I'm going to be. Isn't that anti-biblical? It is. Because we're always trying to change ourselves to be better, to be more like Christ every day. How many, you hear that a lot from, from Catholics. My grandmother was Catholic. My father was Catholic. And I'm going to be Catholic and I'm going to die even though I don't really believe in it. Hmm. That's a horrible way of thinking. Because you're you're willing to die even though you you know what you believe in is false. You got to you got to believe it with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Yeah. And if you don't It says it says it's better to be to be cold than to be lukewarm. Mm-hmm. So you want to fully believe like you said like we were talking about before, right? You don't want to have one foot in, one foot out. When you're deciding what, on what congregation you, you, you want to be in, you go. You got to ask God, where do you want me? But I can't be in both places. Yeah. You got to be in one place. You got to choose. At some point, you need to make a decision where you actually congregate at one location. Yeah. You can't, you can't, ha- you can't be uh, dating two girls at the same time because you're going to have to choose eventually on which one you want to, you want to be your girlfriend. Right? You can't be dating two guys at the same time because you got to decide, well which one am I going to you have to decide. Yeah. And even if you want to continue with both, they're going to demand you to choose yeah. or they're both going to walk away. And then what are you going to do? Then you have no one. You're you're by yourself. So with with choosing a church, right? It's difficult because you don't know you don't know where where God's steering you, right? You don't know where when God's going to answer you, right? But God answers at his time, not at your time. And He just because he's quiet doesn't mean he's not working. Mm-hmm. So, is that true? Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't hear it, you're working. You never stop. Never you stop. stop working. There you go. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I finally caught <laughs> <laughs> it's okay man you make movie references I'll, i have no idea i'll make the song references i know a lot of songs it's just <laughs> for some reason a lot of your songs i don't know it takes me a while to i'm not good at uh, uh like i've said this many times i'm not good at remembering lyrics well i'm probably not singing that good at all too so <laughs> let's be real <laughs> you know uh we have been talking, you and I, about we want to do something different one of these days for the podcast and, you know, showcase, I guess, the talents that God has given us, right? Because we both are, we've both been working within the music for a long time. Hmm. When did you pick up the guitar? I would say around that time of the video that you saw. So I think I was 15. 15? I think so. Okay, and I picked up the bass guitar when I was 13. 13 or 14. 13. Mm-hmm. How old are you when you're in grade 7? Grade 7, you are 13. 13. I picked it up when I was 13. Wait. Is it 13 or 12? 12 is grade 6, isn't it? Man, I don't know. <laughs> Asking the wrong guy, bro. I haven't been in school in grade one. Years. I know grade one is six years old for sure, and grade six has to be twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Grade yeah, one? yeah. Grade nine is fifteen. Yeah. Okay. There we go. We're good. And we're back. 
And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I picked it up when I was... Sorry, you said 13? 13? You said 13. I said 15. Grade 7 is 13. See, we already forgot. We're not back. <laughs> <laughs> so grade 9 for me then? <laughs> I picked it up in grade 7. There. I picked up bass guitar when I was in grade 7. Um, I had a year break in between then. And then I, I really picked it up again in grade 9. Um, because we were in that transition when I was in grade eight, we were in that transition from leaving the church we were at and my dad was about to form, uh, the church where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had a year break from when I picked it up to when I started playing like again. Um, but you know, like me, me personally speaking, music came came naturally natural to me it was easy for me to pick it up because it's like something it, it was like in me i guess you can say that's beautiful man. you know how you're like you're born to be a musician i think i was born to be a musician okay i was gonna say no i have no idea <laughs> do you think you were born to be a musician do you think know. that was in, do you, like how was it for you do you think it was easy for you to pick it up um i i definitely think there was a learning curve Mm -hmm. I do think that I'm a slow learner. Um, for sure, if putting the time and effort was there, yeah, it'd be a different story, right? But, um, yeah, I think I'm musically inclined, right? Right? Not, I, I'm not tone deaf. Hope, thankfully, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're listening to a song and you hear, can you hear mistakes? Oh, yeah, mistakes or if they don't strum uh, correctly. Or they're playing the wrong note. Or what's bad is when I hear, like, live worship kind of thing. And I'm yeah. like, oh, wrong note. Oh, yeah. wrong chord. Oh, wrong key. Oh, that guy's going too fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're singing flat. Oh, you're singing sharp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest one, too. So, yeah, you, you I think you're a natural musician, right? Because a, a lot of people will pick up a musical instrument, but they never pick up that kind of that talent, I guess mm. you can say. Right, because it's not it's not engraved in them yet. Because me, if me personally speaking, I think I could be a lot better if I if I invested more time in playing. Right. Um, but I I haven't invested as much time as I could have. Right. But because I've been playing for so long now, it's like I, I got to the point where I was like, oh, I don't need to practice it as much anymore. Right. Yeah, because you got to a point where, like, you're confident and comfortable enough to, like, pick something up very quickly kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Where you don't think, like, you're not going to do something where it's, like, requires a lot of bass laps or, like, some kind of insane solo or anything like yeah. that, right? Yeah. So, like, one thing I did do when I wasn't in church for my hiatus, I did uh, start practicing bass a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I made it an effort. So like if I knew my wife was going to leave the church because in, during my hiatus, my wife still kept going to church. So she would go to church and I would stay home. Right. So I made it. I said I didn't want to stay stagnant and just like get comfortable at home, you know, watching a movie or whatever. I, I would I would play bass fairly often. And I just started paying, playing songs that we normally don't play in church. And I started just started practicing that. So it did help me. It, that helped me a lot, actually. 
uh, to stay focused on on the end goals still, um, which is what would be my advice to anybody who's who's taking a hiatus right now as well, right? Don't get stagnant at home. Don't get comfortable at home. Put your work in too. Put your reps in at, at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what we can hope for, right? If if for whatever reason, if you leave church, hopefully you already had that discipline and and if I can say this routine already invested in you that you'd keep it going kind of thing in your own private secret place kind of thing, right? Where the church doesn't just end at church, that it, it, it keeps going with you even at home kind of thing, at mm-hmm. work, right? Wherever you go as it's supposed to be, right? Your worship doesn't just stop at church. So if you're in that situation, whatever it is that's um, routine or, or, or practice that you have, keep that going at least and don't let go of that. Cause it's so hard, man, to develop such a, like a routine, a discipline kind of thing. Like you know, you hear about the people who wake up at five in the morning every single day, kind of do hit out the weights or urge and whatever the case is, right? Um, it takes a while for you to get to get into that, and it's so easy to get out of it, right? Yeah. A few days or a week later, if you're not in that routine, then you just get comfortable, and then you're like, oh man, now you have time to more time to chill or whatever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. So keep the reps flowing yeah and it's gonna feel weird too like if you stop doing it right like for example if you stop working out and then you decide to go work say you stop for a month right and then one day after a month you're like well i'm gonna go work out because i haven't done it in a month you're gonna be sore you're gonna have pains you're gonna have you're gonna be uncomfortable trust man i remember when i was in Sudbury. And like I was, I was cl- so close of hitting two plates for squats. I was, I was gonna be so happy with myself, but then I think I either took a week or two weeks off for some reason. I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of catch up on studies or what the case was. It was, but when I came back to it, I was like, you know what? I didn't lose anything. I can still do it, kind of thing. When I went back to once I did my warmups and whatever and got to my working set, man, the first time when I dropped down into, I'm like, oh my god. I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. And and, and thank God, man, it, like um, nothing bad happened, but I could tell that, oh, I hurt some, I hurt myself. Yeah. In my journey of working out, trying to get to two plates on the bench press. Oh, shut up. I <laughs> Shut up, this guy. I'm, no. here, I'm here trying to be, you know, proud of my two plates on squat. And this guy said, well, my two plates on bench. Shut up. <laughs> I dropped... I I dropped, I dropped it on my face a couple of times. Ouch! And that hurt. Ouch! Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's <laughs> take that lesson, man. There's gonna be hard times, mm-hmm. but that you know, that trying that focus that you trying to get to that to that end goal. There's gonna be blood, sweat, and tears. Literally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> And it's the exact yeah. same thing, spiritually speaking, man. Yeah. yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. Put that work and put your hours in, man. Yeah. Man, and like, I can tell, I can't stress this enough. Sometimes, like, I've put in so many hours within church now. Sometimes I, people are like, how do you do it? I'm like, man. It's just so in me, right? It's engraved in your DNA where it's just part of your lifestyle now. I don't think about it anymore, right? Because, like, if you think about how tired you are, how tired you're going to be, you're just mentally preparing yourself to be tired. Yeah. Just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. 
or just change your mindset to be more positive or like no this is for the glory of god right exactly like there's a reason what i'm doing for this right whether it be for your family whether it be your children whether it be for the church whether it be for god himself right be the glory to him and he will recognize it and he will bless you right he will renew your strength yeah and if you're putting on you're putting in those why is it okay to put in those hours at the gym but you're not willing to put in those hours at church mm-hmm. right i see some people that spend two three hours at the gym every day you got time. If you have th- two, three hours to work out, you got time to do your work for Jesus Christ as well. Yeah, man. Like, I've seen people, man, they get motivated. Once once they start going to the gym, they see they're losing a little bit of belly fat. They're they're getting a, a, a nice formed chest, arms, everything. If you're a girl, you're, you're getting a nice plump butt, whatever the case may be, right? You're seeing, you're seeing your work is paying off, mm-hmm. right? It's the exact same thing with church. Your work is going to pay off, but you just got to keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Put in the reps. Put in the reps, man. That's 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 the... That's the... Create your own spiritual workout, you know? Exactly. Put in the put in the hours, put in the, put in the days. Right. How many reps of each set you're going to do a day kind of thing. Hey, and listen, that's not just a church, man. You, you can put in those reps. You can put in those hours at home too, man. Definitely. Don't just, when you're on the road, right? I was just explaining to you, right? Yeah. I was like five hours on the road there and back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, that's plenty of time to either be giving him some worship there, you know, listen to a podcast or just hearing like a, an audiobook about the Bible, right? Just reading off of the Bible. Man, I get obsessed. I get obsessed with songs. So when I learn, like when I hear a, a brand new song that I've never heard of and, and, it, and it touches me, I'll listen to that song all day long. On repeat. Eh? On repeat. And I was doing that earlier this this week with a song. I had heard it so many times, but I, like, there was one part of the song that I just kept, just kept, like, speaking to you. I find your spirit. Was, yeah, it was speaking to me. She said, "I've never, I've never known a love like this. Mm. I've never known a mercy like this. You are my everything. You are my God." And I was like, "Man, this girl's voice is it's touch. It's it's she's talking to me. She's." And I, I I was working by myself this week, and like I was in the truck, and I was just like I was just like, Jesus, you're beautiful. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like I was just talking, I just having a conversation with God, right? And many times I've one one time out a couple of weeks ago I was covering another guy, and I was listening to that Yeshua song, and I just started crying yeah. in the truck. I was just crying. And I I know for other people that might seem crazy. Like, why is this guy driving the truck, and he's crying like that? Yeah, what's wrong with this guy? Like, what's wrong with this guy? He's depressed. Was it like no man? Like, it's just happy tears. You're just yeah. you're in the moment. You have your personal relationship yeah. with God, and you're just you're enjoying it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not sadness. Those aren't sad tears. Sometimes they are, but it's tears for for God, and you know like. Us as men, sometimes we're like, oh, we shouldn't cry. Men shouldn't cry. And it's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay to cry in the spirit. And sometimes you need to do it. I remember, I don't know about you, but uh, God has given me the the, the one to speak in tongues. Right? And the first time I I was preaching and... 
uh, I started to speak in tongues, but I stopped myself. I don't know how I did it, but I stopped. Okay. And then my dad, after I was done, my dad came up to me. He's like, don't ever stop the Holy Spirit from using you from speaking in tongues. Because you got scared. You scared yourself in that moment. Hmm. And it went away. And I, I was just analyzing what he was telling me. And I was like, I need to let go. Because if you're preaching and then the Holy Spirit takes over and you start speaking in tongues, just let it flow. Right. Just let it go. Right. Because I, I don't know if you've ever experienced speaking in tongues. Right. So it's, it's a very surreal. It's a surreal feeling because you're speaking, but you don't know what you're saying. Yeah. And now when I start speaking in tongues, I can't stop myself. I mm-hmm. I just keep going. Yeah. But I know it's God that's talking through me. And I know it's God that's that's the Holy Spirit is taking over. Right, right, right. Um, one thing is I never want to take advantage of that. You know, and, and you know, because you see so many people making a mockery out of the Holy Spirit, right? Lord and they start mercy. like, some people that just like, they just, Turn it on and off. And it's like, you can't do that with the Holy Spirit, man. Like, I don't know. Have you ever experienced? Like, yeah, who are you to be, like, in command of those types of uh, situations, mm-hmm. right? Because. Like, I've heard people say, I'm going to prophesize over you right now. It's like, that's not how it works, bro. It just, just do it. Like, there's this one brother who, like. When he speaks in tongues, he's it's it's very repetitive. Like after so many of knowing him for so many for so many years, like you can kind of get uh, an idea of like how he speaks in the tongues. It's interesting though because he would start praying, he gets into it kind of thing, and then the speaking tongues happens, right? For either so many beats or how many uh, the length of if it if it is goes back to regular praying once again, but then sometimes again jumps back into it. Right, so I don't know if that's something where he's just turning on and off, or it's just again he's going with the motions, if I can say that. Yeah, sometimes the emotions can take over instead, right? So I always need to be careful when you quote unquote prophesize, right? Because are you prophesizing, or are you just speaking out of your own emotions, or your own understanding, or your own way of thinking, right? Um, yeah, because for me, man, that's that's scary, man. Like just a go off on just some like again I, i've never prophesied or anything like that but just to understand like the responsibility or or just the meaning behind of what you're trying to do or what you're trying to convey especially when it's to someone else who is having that trust that you know the lord is using that individual to kind of have that uh moment that they're prophesizing to you is it's pretty steep yeah always be careful when someone says the lord says you got to use discernment to see if it's really God talking or if it's someone else talking. Yeah. That's why, like, people would tell me sometimes, like, if someone were to prophesize to me or whatever the case is, like, always follow up and ask God for confirmation mm-hmm. kind of a thing, right? Always. Always be ask God for confirmation. Because, like we said, we, we've been saying this. We are flawed. We make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we go off our own emotion instead of going off the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we can derail someone from getting the true message of god right right so to wrap this up right because i think it's been i think it's been a long episode <laughs> glory to god your mercies are new every day lord 
Es que ahorita <laughs> comenzamos la vigilia y vamos a seguir hablando en yeah, español bro. para los que... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's for the future one. Spanish episode incoming. We've been saying it for so long. But yeah, it's like, I think we should wrap it up, brother. But Amen. what's it called? Yeah. I think it's been a good episode because I think we touched on a, a very important subject that we should all like, we shouldn't run away from it. We should embrace it. And try to help each other out, right? And again, right, as we've been saying since the beginning, right, we're we're just regular men who, as human beings, we go through situations and, and, and um, moments through life that there's probably many others that are going through, have been through, or will go through kind of thing, right? Just trying to showcase... I guess the quote-unquote everyday life of a Christian as much as we can outside of the norm of like just speaking about specifically the building, the church, the fellowship, the worship, and that kind of thing. What happens outside that is not really spoken about, that maybe is just spoken about in conversation, in confidence, that is not publicized or or put on the internet kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, and I'll say this, right? Because I got upset with myself last episode because I let I let that word slip, right? But I was upset at myself because I don't want to be the reason to deteriorate, deteriorate someone from from seeking God's face, mm-hmm. right? Because they can say this guy's a this guy preaches at church and he just he just swore, right? I never want to be that reason. But at the same time, it's like God told me we all make mistakes. Well, again, right? We at the end of the day, we are sinners, right? We we are flawed. We make mistakes, right? We hear that uh, preachers say that, other people say that. You know, people who are leading worship, they say that, right? And I don't know what those mistakes are, but this could be an example of that, right? Mm-hmm. Of an honest, innocent slip on, right? It's we're human beings, right? And uh, after it all, God knows the true intentions of our heart, right? He knows. Um, where our mind was at, where our heart was at, right? And again, right? I'm pretty sure afterwards you were definitely asking God for forgiveness, right? Yeah, and, for sure. Right? Out of the pureness and healing of your heart, right? And God has forgiven you. And like we said again, over time and time, God's mercies are new every day, right? Every morning. So we're that's that's why we live under His grace, right? That's why Jesus conquered the law for us that's why jesus died for our sins because we can't do it alone we can't we never will we never will Mm -hmm. brother if it's okay yes take prayer all right should i do it in spanish or in english (laughs) whatever you want my guy padre santo te damos gracias señor jesus amen por lo que haces en nuestra vida, lo que vas a seguir haciendo. Te damos gracias, Señor Jesús, porque en medio de la prueba, la lucha, Señor Jesús, sabemos, Señor, que tú estás con nosotros. Aunque estemos pas- pasando por tiempos difíciles, Señor Jesús, por tiempos de crisis, por tiempos de enfermedad, por tiempos de depresión, de ansiedad, Señor Jesús, sabemos, Señor, que tú estás con nosotros y tú lo haces todo. Y todo lo que tú haces es perfecto. Te pido, Señor Jesús, que seas tú usándonos a nosotros como vasos en tu cuerpo, Señor Jesús, para que podamos hacer de bendición para nuestros hermanos, nuestras hermanas en Cristo, a nuestros amigos, a nuestras amigas, a nuestros familiares, Padre, 
para que podamos ser ejemplo para el mundo, Señor Jesús, para que podamos ser la luz en la oscuridad, para que podamos, Señor Jesús, ser cristianos verdaderos, Señor Jesús, seguidores de ti, Señor Jesús. Amen. Ayúdame a mí, Señor, ayúdame a mi hermano, Señor Jesús. Gracias, Padre, por ayudarle a él, Señor Jesús, en cada momento, Señor Jesús. Tú sabes el corazón de él, Señor Jesús. Tú sabes sus pensamientos, Señor Jesús. Tú sabes su deseo, Señor, lo que él siente, lo que él te ora, Señor Jesús. Yes. Tú sabes, Padre, lo que cada momento que él ha vivido, Señor Jesús, de muchas veces que se ha sentido solo, Padre, pero tú le dices en esta tarde, Señor Jesús, yo estoy contigo. Amen. Yo estaré contigo. Yo voy a estar contigo hasta el fin. Yo estoy contigo, Señor Jesús. Tú sabemos, Señor, que tú estás con él, Señor Jesús. Gracias, Padre, porque Amen. tú le estás hablando en este momento, Señor Jesús. Amen. Tú le vas a contestar su oración, Padre. Amen. Y él, tú sabes, Padre, donde tú lo vas a mandar a él, Señor Jesús, para trabajar en tu obra, Padre. Right. Sabemos, Señor Jesús, que tú estás obrando en la vida de él, Señor, en la vida de los papás de él, Señor yes, Jesús, sir. en la vida de su hermano, Señor Jesús. Yes. Sabemos, Padre, que tú estás con esa familia, Señor Jesús, que son escogidos tuyos, Señor Jesús, que tú los conociste en los vientres de sus madres, Señor Jesús, y tú los has escogido, Señor Jesús, con un propósito para servirte a ti, Señor. Amen. Ayúdanos a cada uno de nosotros a, a conocerte a ti, Señor Jesús a tener una relación íntima contigo, Padre. Ayúdanos a nosotros a proclamar la verdad en este mundo, Señor Jesús, que te ha dado la espalda, Padre, pero tú no nos has dado la espalda, Señor Jesús. Tú estás con nosotros, Padre, pero Amén. también así, Señor Jesús, tú nos has dicho, un Padre que ama a su Hijo, lo disciplina. Tú estás disciplinando a este mundo, Señor Jesús. Tú estás disciplinando a tu gente, Señor Jesús, a tu pueblo, Padre, porque sabemos, Señor, que, que nos hemos desviado de, del verdadero Evangelio, Señor Jesús. Sabiendo, Padre, que somos nada sin ti, Señor Jesús. That's right. Que del polvo venimos, Señor, y al polvo regresaremos. That's right. Sabemos, Padre, que sin ti nada es posible. Amen. Y sabemos, Señor, que tú vas a usar a mi hermano, Señor Jesús, grandemente, Señor Jesús. Tú lo estás usando, Padre, grandemente, Señor Jesús. Sabemos que ha habido cambio radical en su vida, Señor Jesús. Ha habido cambio radical en tus siervos, Señor Jesús, en nuestras familias, Señor Jesús. Y sabemos, Señor, que tú, Señor Jesús, solo tú vas a unir a todo tu pueblo, Señor Jesús, a formar una iglesia, Señor Jesús, unida, Señor Jesús, listo para ese gran harvest que viene, Señor Jesús. Sabemos que viene, Padre. Antes que tú vengas, Señor Jesús, va a haber un cambio radical que nunca se ha visto y nunca se va a ver, Padre. En tu nombre, Señor Jesús, pedimos, Señor Jesús, que pongas ese deseo en cada uno de nosotros en trabajar en tu rebaño, Señor Jesús. A llevar tu nombre enfrente, Señor Jesús. A llevar la bandera de Jesucristo, Señor Jesús. Y no llevar nuestras propias cosas, Señor Jesús, sino proclamar tu nombre siempre, Señor Jesús, en las buenas y en las malas, Señor Jesús, te serviremos. Así como Pablo dijo, o Timoteo dijo, Señor Jesús, hemos peleado la buena batalla, Señor, hemos llegado a la, al fin, Señor Jesús, proclamando la verdad. Ya no vivimos nosotros, Señor Jesús, sino tú que vives en nosotros. Así es. Gracias, Padre, por todo lo que hace en nuestra vida, lo que vas a seguir haciendo, Señor Jesús. Amen. Te damos gracias por ese sacrificio que hiciste por nosotros. Amen. Gracias, Padre. Thank you, 
hoy y siempre. Amén y amén. Amén. Thank you everyone for once again tuning in. And we recognize that all honor and glory forever is always to our God above, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Always remember that you are loved, that Jesus loves you, and that we'll tune in for the next time, for the next episode. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. All those listening, ma'am was for the the lady that's the ladies that are listening. <laughs> you just gave me the weirdest look. <laughs> Man, I wish we had video format. <laughs> My bad. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, brother. Hey, man. Brother, always always a, pleasure. always a pleasure, man. Let's continue this. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep proclaiming the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what's up. And never forget, Jesus loves you. Yes. Never forget, Jesus is God. Yes. God bless you. Awesome.